You can imagine I was just crying and completely devastated because my worst nightmare had come true and my fears were validated. People were telling me what I was already thinking. You're not enough. You're not beautiful. You're not accepted. And that can rip apart anyone. Welcome to Enoughness. This is Lisa Carmen Wang, U.S. national champion and Hall of Fame gymnast turned serial entrepreneur. This is a show that dives into the deeply personal stories of top business leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes who share the defining inflection points that help them embrace their life's purpose and answer the question, how much is good enough? I am here today with Allie Brooke who first burst onto the music scene as a member of Fifth Harmony. Since then, she has embarked on a solo career, releasing her own hit singles, joining the 28th season of Dancing with the Stars, and showing people everywhere the rewards of hard work and faith. Ali has recently released her new memoir, Finding Your Harmony, to talk about the experiences that led her to the spotlight, revealing how her tight-knit Mexican-American family has helped her live fearlessly and her ongoing efforts to make music on her own terms. Ali, welcome to Enoughness. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and talk to you. So one of the first things I'd love to talk to you about, Ali, is your journey to self-love. As so many of us know, the highlight reel that we see on the outside is so often not the real story behind. And you've always been known for your optimism, your sunshine. Um, you know, people always talk about your smile, but um, I know that there were some darker things behind the scenes. So I'd just love to hear about your development as a woman and who you are today. Yes. So it's so true. You can totally, you know, see like on Instagram and with a lot of different artists and entertainers, you may think that their life is just so perfect and so glorious. And of course, in many ways, there's so many blessings to being an artist and to being successful. But I really struggled in, in Fifth Harmony in finding my own identity and my own voice in being respected in being valued i was told that i wasn't enough i was told that nobody cared about me i was told that i was not important and that can completely wreck you and and devastate somebody and strip so much of who you are from you and that's what happened to me and i was trying to hold on to those voices inside that said, no, you are enough and you're amazing and you have so much worth and value. And I know you don't even have to be in the entertainment industry. People and women in general can feel like that, whether it's an outside voice or an inside voice. But for me, I had to get through those tough times and I wanted you know, to live up to my name of, oh, Ali's the sunshine of the group. And I thought that just meant smiling through it all and in the public and just not being open, you know, I was really, really scared. But now having the opportunity to write about all of the amazing things and all of the really big challenges being in Fifth Harmony in the entertainment industry, writing about that in my book has been so empowering, empowering, and liberating. And I know so many people feel the same way that I felt. And um, feeling enough is a journey. 
it's a real battle. And for me, what helped me was being able to lean on my faith and lean on my family. My parents are my everything. They're my therapists. They're my best friends. And they're my parents. And they had so much wisdom that they would give to me, as well as so many friends to, to cheer me on and uplift me with such encouragement. And that's something that I want to share with other people is that knowing that you have so much worth, whether the world's trying to take that away from you or tell you otherwise, don't believe it. You know, I know how dark that feels and and really ugly inside that that can feel, but just encouraging young girls and, and people to know their true value, even when you don't always feel confident or you don't feel good, you're not having a good day. Um, I want to empower people to know who you are on the inside and to know how much value you do have. Amazing. Well, one of the things that often happens when we don't feel like we are enough is that we try to create an illusion of control, right? Yes. To, to That's a big break. Um, and I know that for for you, you struggled with body image issues, and you know, oftentimes as women, we do use uh, food as a way for control as well. So, could you tell us about some of that background as well? Yes. So, um, you know, before actually, yeah, before Fifth Harmony, when I auditioned for X Factor, I was at such an incredible place in my fitness and in my health and also just in my mental health. You know, my parents were there to believe in me and I had so many people who were loving on me and I felt like I was at such a healthy place. And then going on X Factor and being part of the group, sadly that that took a lot of that away from me. And there was just so much, you know, pressure being in the spotlight, pressure within the label, pressure being seen, being heard, being respected, being valued, and not having that all the time was so hard for me. And I began to develop a pattern where I wasn't taking care of myself. I was using food to soothe my my feelings and my emotions. And that was the only thing, like you say, that I, I felt I could control. And so I just turned to that because nothing else was working and nothing else I just, I feel like, um, like there was so much pressure and, and I couldn't control anything else that that was one thing that I could. So I began to turn to that and you see me the beginning of my journey, um, to being at this place in, in 2016 in fifth harmony where I was my heaviest weight yet I gained 20 pounds and everybody around me kind of saw it, especially like my family, but they didn't want to say anything. You know, they, they didn't want to, make the situation worse. And I was having, you know, these, these confidence issues. I wasn't feeling good in my skin. I wasn't feeling like my body was, was beautiful. And of course, in a perfect storm, Fifth Harmony, we were um, due to shoot a music video on the beach in bathing suits. And there was this like concoction of, oh my gosh, this is my worst nightmare. And I finally got to a place as difficult as, I, as it was, I was searching for validation in this one bathing suit. And I was like, are you sure everybody I look okay? And asking, as everybody on set, and they're like, you look beautiful, you look amazing, girl, you're rocking it. And so I finally got to a small place where while I was shooting, even though I asked like, hey, can we please make me lie down so it looks more elongated and I look more like stretched out. Anyways, 
I was filming and I finally got to a place where I was like, I actually feel good and I'm actually owning it. And everybody's saying that I look great. And then when we were finished shooting, um, there were paparazzi pictures that surfaced online and I opened up social media and I'm just torn apart. My worst nightmare came true. People were calling me horrible names. They were saying that I was fat, that I looked like a whale, that something was seriously wrong with me and my body, that I had a refrigerator-shaped body, all these awful, awful things. You can imagine I was just crying and completely devastated because my worst nightmare had come true and my fears were validated. People were telling me what I was already thinking you're not enough, you're not beautiful, you're not accepted. And that can rip apart anyone. And dealing with that was so hard. I did have so many people come to my defense, which was awesome. But of course, when you hear a lot of negativity, that's what overpowers sometimes. But I got through that. As hard as it was, I overcame that. You know, there's so much that I share in the book and obviously there's a lot more detail and everything. But eventually Fifth Harmony, did get better. And um, when, when we disbanded, I mean, I went on my solo journey. I had this beautiful opportunity for the first time to take care of me and my mental health and my physical health. I love to eat and there's no denying that and there's nothing wrong with that. But now it's a balance. And it is awesome to get to this place where I finally accept who I am. I'm in a healthy pattern. I'm taking care of myself. It's all about balance. And now I just want to share this with girls, you know, all over the world to, to realize that it's possible to love yourself. And now what was awful about then too, was that then we didn't have this body positivity, only being like thinner was celebrated and I did not fit that. So that's also what was a big part of it. But now in 2020, so many bodies and, and people and races are so celebrated and it's incredible because it's like man it's so freeing and i want everybody to feel amazing about themselves you know in their bodies and and not to ever feel like i did on that beach i want to go back to what you talked about all these fears coming true and that really being your worst nightmare because so often the the fears that we have and when, when things like that happen, and I always think about it, it's like when you realize that you didn't die from it at the end of the day and that you actually survived it, you have the choice to either become stronger or to let that consume you. So what, take us back to that moment when it was so difficult. And what did you tell yourself? Like, what was your internal talk like? to yourself to try and get yourself over it? How did you instill rituals to help you stay on track and continue on the self-love journey? Do you mean during that time or after? Yeah, after it. How did, how did you get out of it? Man, well, being able to, to have that, that time um, while I was searching for my label and figuring out my solo career and life and what that looked like, I also had some some downtime to really just like hit the reset button on my life and choose what was important to me and obviously music and and writing and and being able to be empowered to 
create the, the music that was in my heart. But beyond that, it was important for me to, to stay healthy, to stay active. And I, when I work out, I love to run. And for me, I put on music and I just go to another place. And it's, it's this beautiful rush of endorphins. And it makes me feel amazing afterwards and so powerful and like I can do anything. And implementing that in my life, again, was so awesome and in such a consistent way. And I began to kind of mix it up, like eat a little healthier, but still not deprive myself of everything and have a better workout routine schedule. And for me, just being able to have that choice and freedom to do that and to tell myself, girl, you got this. And I had a a goal to get to, um, my goal was to lose um, some weight that I gained and just for my personal self. And I did do that and it was hard. (laughs) It was hard work, but I did it and it felt so incredible. And just setting goals for myself and doing it in a healthy, achievable way was so empowering, so empowering. So it seems like it was a combination of finding your balance again, creating clarity for yourself and then instilling goals so that you could have positive momentum forward. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. The other thing that I thought was just really incredible was the way that you talked about how writing this book has made you feel liberated. And so often it's this ability to express ourselves fully as women, you know, to, to not hold back and say, this is my real story that I think creates so much freedom and so much clarity for people. So tell us about the process of writing your book. Mm, Oh my gosh. So girl, this has been over three years in the making and I have been on a long road with this book. You know, I, just diving back to even those childhood moments and even those, you know, sweet moments with my family to, you know, the first time I really felt like a fish out of water coming to LA at 12 years old, being a Mexican American, not really seeing a lot of Mexican Americans uh, around me and going to auditions and all that, you know, writing about that and and how one night it all just festered to where I cried my eyes out with my mom saying that mom, I'll never be good enough. And that's, that's something that um, even to this day, like gets me emotional and just um, remembering, feeling that and remembering the pain that my mom felt in her crying with me. That never leaves you. But um, also sharing, yes, I, I went through that. But the very next day, Beauty for Ashes. I wrote my very first song ever called Be You. And it was talking about being yourself. And it was like a, a, a love letter to myself saying to be you and don't change and be proud of that. And that, that changed me. And little did I know how much I would need that even, even when I was at the pinnacle of success. Um, but being able to share moments like that and, and all the highs and lows Um, especially the lows, everything from, you know, reliving the rejections again, reliving that dark night in the hotel room again, reliving, losing, you know, my grandparents and losing mm, my baby, my cat who meant so much to me. That was so hard. Um, so it was definitely so emotional, but at the same time, it was beautiful one to see how far I've come in life from thinking those, those 
really sad thoughts and dark thoughts to living my best life now. It's, it's unbelievable. It's literally, it's literally like, I know I haven't had a baby, but <laughs> it feels like you're giving birth, really. And it feels like just a journey. You go through so many emotions, some of the most deep emotions you'll ever feel. And then you put it out in the world and you share it. It is amazing. Um, but there were definitely moments where I was like crying. My parents, like mom and dad, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I think I might, I might stop, you know, but no, I had it within me and I knew that I'm not, I don't give up. I'm a fighter and it was hard and it was emotional, but it was beyond worth it and an honor for me to not only share my story, but to share my family's story. Amazing. You use the term pinnacle of success, and I'm wondering how you look at success now and what that means to you going forward. Mm. Well, it's all about your environment. You know, even though at Harmony, we had the awards, we had the hits, we had the videos, we had the artists, our favorite artists loving us. I wasn't happy and things weren't being run correctly. And there was definitely abuse of power in many areas. To me, even though, yeah, we had what seemed like success, I did not want to live that type of success and that way of going about it. For me, what success means is doing what you love. I'm able to sing the songs that I want to sing, to be on the stages that I I worked hard to be on, to create music videos that are my vision and my direct and my art to even go outside of that, challenge myself, like doing Dancing with the Stars, like writing a book, being able to have that freedom to choose what I want to be a part of and choose who to have around me. Since with Harmony, I've, I've completely changed um, my team and that was uh, for you know a purpose to have a clean start. And I finally, took a long time, but I find I finally found the right people. And I love my team, um, Charles Chavez and Will Bracey. They've changed my life. They love me for who I am. They support me for who I am. They never ask me to compromise myself or my values. And they also push me and challenge me in such great ways. Um, and they, they really work so beyond hard to make my dreams come true. And that's what success means to me. It's all about the people and the experience and what I'm able to give to the world. Amazing. So as you think about your team and your direction, what are some critical questions that you ask yourself to help you make the right decisions? Mm. Is this authentic to me? Is this something I really want to sing about? Is this something that makes me feel a certain emotion, whether it's a song or um, a project for example, I was asked to be a part of Blues Clues and sing there. And, you know, I've always wanted to uh, be a part of children's programs because I love children. They're the angels of this world and as well as animals. And, um, you know, stuff like that, that fills me up with joy. And that's something that's pure and innocent and, and so sweet. And then also... Um, Right now, I, I am actually in Atlanta filming my very first movie, and that is beyond amazing to me. And, you know, when I was offered this role, even looking at the script and, and saying, is this something that I would be proud to be a part of? Does this align with my purpose and my values and my brand? 
And this script was just so moving and so special and connected with me on, on such a personal way. And eventually when the movie comes out, you'll see why. Because you will have read the book and it, it all ties. Um, so that was incredible for me. Um, there have been moments where I have turned down, um, you know, songs or even roles or auditions in line with that. So those are the type of questions that I, I ask myself. Awesome. To the, um, to the notion of family, I know one of the things that you're pretty vocal about is your virginity and saving yourself for the right man. So I'd love for you to just talk about that decision and your faith a bit. Yes. So as far as that decision, um, that was something that I, I too was like, oh, should I share this? You know, it is something that was important to me as a person in my life and something that I have to, to deal with, you know, in relationships and, and in life and in encountering, you know, different people and artists and stuff. So that's what made me share it. And also having the opportunity to, to be brave and to open up about the, the things that I've been through um, and also just the personal choices that I've made. And this is a chance for the reader to really, and, and my fans really get to know me. And for this, and I make it super clear too, that in my book, that I don't judge anybody who chooses, chooses other than me. Sorry, I'm like making sure, am I talking correctly? Um, anybody who chooses differently. Um, and I just, I think we should celebrate women and, and people who make their own choices and, and empower them. And so I was, I was nervous because I was like, I'm going to be made fun of, I think. And I don't want to see anybody's comments or, or see what they think. But at the same time, I have to own it, you know, because I chose to write about it. But when it came out, I guess in the news a week ago or whatever, people were so supportive and so respectful. And that was like such a sigh of relief. You know, even people who didn't, who don't have that same uh, choice, that's the beauty of that. And that's like, what I want to show in my story is that we may come from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different beliefs, but we can still love on each other, you know? And I think that is what, uh, what makes life beautiful and makes friendships beautiful. Um, and I'm very, very grateful to have all that support. So That's yeah. Awesome. When it comes to dating, is that something hard to have that conversation? You know, honestly, not really, because people have respected it, which is awesome. And I've never felt any, any pressure to go, you know, against my beliefs, even if you know, I'm dating someone who has not had that choice or, or doesn't, you know, doesn't have that choice. Um, that's totally fine. You know, as long as someone respects my opinion and my, uh, or excuse me, my choice. And it's awesome that people have been so kind and have been so supportive. Um, so that's been actually really, really cool to see that, you know, cause you just never know if people are going to react <laughs> or what they're going to say or, you know, cause it's for some people and it's not for some people. So that's been awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm also curious about your time at dancing with the stars and yeah. what that was like. Oh my gosh. It was one of the most like, one of the sweetest times of my life. Um, you know, I shared on the show and of course my book that, uh, you know, doing Dancing with the Stars, I had 
I had a story and a purpose and it, it sucked because in Fifth Harmony, I was made fun of so much. And, and people said that I was the weakest dancer, that I can't dance and that I had no rhythm, all this stuff. And obviously that doesn't make someone feel good. And it made me super insecure in that area. Um, so I was super scared to say yes to Dancing with the Stars. In fact, I said no the first time they asked me, but thank God they asked me again the next year. And after talking about it with my, my team and my parents and some friends, I decided to, to be brave and to not listen to that, those negative voices in my head or, or those opinions of the past and say, I'm going to do this because at the end of the day, I love that show. When Fifth Harmony, when we were on it, it was this ma- like magical family vibe that you, you never see really anywhere else. And that's exactly what I got. I got friendships for, for life. I um, have memories that I'll always treasure, you know, being able to, to dance to my favorite songs and be my favorite Disney princess and get shout outs from some of my favorite artists and meet um, so many incredible people like Cher. I met her on the show and just, just died in that moment. <laughs> um, all of these things. And then, of course, ultimately being transformed as a dancer. I, I said in my book that I felt like I went from like a little, cub to this fierce lioness on my final dance at the finale so it was so beautiful lots of hard work (laughs) lots of hard work and I got in the best shape of my life um but it was just amazing for like my soul and for a challenge and the whole experience so are you going to be doing something like that again oh that is that's a good question I hope (laughs) well you know what the awesome thing is after dancing with the stars I was able to um, start my very first headlining solo tour. And during, um, I think right before X X Factor, excuse me, girl, my brain, before Dancing with the Stars, that was discussed. And then, then it was confirmed after. And I was just like, I cannot wait to see what type of performer I am and what we can bring to my show after this incredible experience. And we did. So on my tour, I actually had a moment where I danced my Dancing of the Stars dance to Conga, my finale. And man, the crowd went crazy. And not only that, but as a dancer, I was so much more stronger and sharper than I've ever been. And I had an amazing tour. Sadly, it got cut short, of course, due to COVID. But I was able to at least show the world in those four four cities my show and everything it entailed and, and what I've dreamt of since I was a little girl. It was one of the most special things. And I, I can't wait to get back out there. I, I seriously dream about it all the time. That's amazing. And I love the, the transformation into this fierce lioness. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so awesome. And then just having that like Dancing with the Stars, those fans, they're the sweetest fans. And when I went on the Dancing with the Stars tour, they were so, so awesome and, and loving. And um, it was just so many reasons why I loved that time in my life. And you are a Latina. Um, and how has how has how has that felt you know being in this the hollywood the fame you know you mentioned when you first came to la feeling like you were 
that you that you weren't really part of it, right? And I think that especially in any industry as a minority woman, it is difficult. So what has that been like and how are you embracing your identity as a Latina? Well, man, I'm so happy that many years later, <laughs> we're in a time where we have representation and inclus- inclusivity. And I feel like I'm being represented and so many different other cultures are being represented. That's such an amazing feeling. You know, I had my influences growing up, like uh, Selena, Gloria, Estefan, Jennifer Lopez, Shakira. There was still so much work to be done. And now we're here and it's, it is, it's, it's so beautiful to see. Um, but for me, I always just take my roots with me wherever I go. I love whenever I can record music in Spanish. I've had a, I think my last single was in Spanish or Spanglish. Um, and I had a collaboration um, called Bamano. That's one of my favorite songs ever that I've recorded. It's such a fun, empowering record. And um, whenever I can just pay tribute to my inspirations like Selena, give, you know, that, that credit there whenever I can and, and to, you know, the JLo's and, and Shakira's and all that. Um, and just fully embracing my heritage, sharing my family story in my book like that is incredible. Telling the world about my culture and my family and our food and our music and all of that is so important to always represent that and share it um, in so many different ways. And, and what a really cool opportunity was, um, I did this show for, I think it was Fuse. Basically, they gave me the opportunity to cook with my family. And that episode was me and my aunt's house cooking with my dad and my grandma making tortillas and, or no, yeah, tortillas and enchiladas and all that. So embracing and showing who I am, wherever I can go. So that's, that's super, super, super meaningful to me. That's awesome. Do you still have any fears left that you think um, that maybe are still lingering inside of you? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's definitely always going to be that, you know, you, well, fear the unknown as 2020 has presented to us. <laughs> that is always, you know, that's super scary. Not knowing what's going to happen, you know, not knowing what's going to happen to my family, my loved ones. That is what scares me. But knowing that I have no control over that and I have to, to just surrender. And my faith is a huge, the biggest part of my life and who I am and relying on my faith and, and prayer to just be like, God, I don't have control and I have worry and I have anxiety, but I give it to you. Even just, just random little fears. And of course, you know, hoping that you live your fullest life and, and all of your dreams uh, but most importantly, hoping that, you know, your loved ones are, are here and healthy. And um, that's what's most important to me. But I totally do sometimes have <laughs> those fears. Absolutely. But the key is to just get through them, to try to manage them, to try to just like surrender and give your, your fears to God. You know, that's what, what helps me. And staying present, that's the thing. Staying present and trying to stay positive is what I do. And it's not easy as you can see my story and you read all the crap I've been through, but it's, it's possible. And if you had to envision your dream life, let's call it 10 years from now, what does it look like? Oh my gosh, 10 years from now. 
okay, 10 years from now, I definitely hope that I'm married and have, I think I want to have children by 37. Yeah. Have a family of children. Um, hoping that, man, I could like take them on tour one day, hoping that, um, I get to, to tour and, and, and tour all over the world on my own show, continuing to make music and an eventual album an eventual Spanish album. I really want to, to create something for, for kids and for animals, whether that's an animal organization or um, like a children's school or, or like hospital or sanctuary, um, something uh, that makes them feel, uh, I'm, I'm like figuring it out in my mind, but something for them would be awesome. And continuing to write many more books there's so much in my heart, but always, of course, music and, and hopefully more, more TV and film and maybe even Broadway. I would love that. <laughs> um, so how would you define enoughness? Man, <laughs> that is, that's tough. Mm, do you mean enoughness like in myself or just in life? Okay, in myself. Man, I have to remind myself that I am enough. And I feel like sometimes, you know, especially nowadays with social media, you can see other people's lives or maybe other people's like bodies or other people's, I don't know, um, families or whatever. And you can always like compare or um, sometimes just feel like, oh man, I'm not enough. Like I wish I had this or that or whatever. Knowing that I was meant to be me and everybody else was meant to be them and to be celebrated as who we are and remembering that that Bible verse of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is what helps me to feel enough. And whenever I'm like doing something, having a purpose, you know, and also being like, Hey, I don't always have the perfect answers or I don't always know, you know what I'm doing, but I'm just trying my best. That's what makes me feel enough. And knowing that I'm trying my best to be a positive example for for kids and hopefully inspiration for, for people and women. That is what makes me feel enough. And especially when I'm just with my family, eating, sharing a meal, or just simply just being together, that's what makes me feel enough. And of course, my music and doing what I love. Awesome. And final question for you is, what does it mean to you to be a woman? I love this question. For me, what being a woman means, being whoever we want to be, being empowered to live our best life, to be uh, proud of who we are, where we come from, to be proud of our dreams, to be proud of our wisdom, of our knowledge, of um, our voices, what we want to say, what we want to leave behind. We're bosses. We're unstoppable. And knowing that in empowering that and knowing that we are limitless and we're fearless and we can take over the world in whatever way that means to us. That is amazing. Being in control of our own lives and kicking butt. That is what a woman means to me and being passionate and fierce and spreading love and empowering other women to do the same. Um, uh, I think there's no love like like a, a woman's love, if that makes any sense, you know? And like for me, like just knowing the love I feel from my mom, from my grandma, from my aunts, 
it's from my friends. It's beautiful. Um, but there's so much to say about being a woman and it's empowering. That's for sure. Well, thank you so much for your passion and how you're empowering other women and girls around the world. So I was so excited to chat with you today and I can't wait to see where your career goes. Oh, thank you so much. And seriously, you too. Um, excuse me, Miss Olympian. That's like, I've done nothing in my life compared to you. That's unbelievable. So you're doing that. You're changing the world. You're inspiring. And I commend you, girl. So again, thank you for having me and God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Enoughness Podcast. I created this show to reveal the real stories behind the people we admire, to address this universal question we all have at one point or another. Am I enough? Just remember, you're not on this journey alone, and you do have the power of enoughness. If you want to dive deeper and work directly with me to level up in your career and life to unlock the most powerful version of yourself, head over to lisacarmenwang.com or find me on all social channels at Lisa Carmen Wang. I love meeting and supporting my listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate each and every one of you. Subscribe, share with a friend with hashtag enoughness, and never forget, you are enough. <laughs>